0: Country, country music. Uh, So maybe a good place to, we're going to pick up from the last episode where we were talking about our favorite underground artists, and we just started going into a big rabbit hole of our favorite female artists. And then that got me thinking about a previous quote we had talked about, I think it was in the Little Nas episode, um, from Steve Earle, who is just a treasure trove of good quotes. Uh, So this one says, quote, the best stuff coming out of Nashville is all by women, except for Chris Stapleton. He's great. The guys just want to sing about getting fucked up. They're just doing hip hop for people who are afraid of black people. I like the new Kendrick Lamar record. So I'll just listen to that, end quote. So that's what we were talking about, uh, referencing that for the uh, little Nas episode. Uh, I think we talked about it with Stapleton as well, too. And now we can circle back to this same quote. Get a lot of use, a lot of mileage out of this one quote. Uh, We're gonna have to send Steve Earl something. Yeah, my, his, a gift some basket, maybe. Flowers, yeah.
1: yeah,
0: edible <laughs> arrangements.
1: He would, he would love that. <laughs> you I don't know who would love
0: that. I would hope so. But the best stuff coming out of Nashville is all by women, except for Chris Stapleton. You can't really disagree with that. And you know, it's it's. I, I think it's a bit conflicting because at the same time there's a lot of dialogue about how right now is one of the hardest times for women in country music, ever. Um, it's there's so much less budgets, so much smaller playlists, so much more focus on homogenized bullshit and bro country. And so much less focus on the females. And a lot of the females that are in the middle of the pack that aren't really country, they all kind of sound the same. But the best of them are just killing it. And there's so many on the underground that, further to our last episode, that we just hope are on the verge of exploding. And it just, it just seems like we're on the cusp of something big. Like the future is going to be female. And we just don't, it, it's just not quite there yet.
1: Well, and you, when you look at it, I think uh, in re- reactionary terms to bro country, um, I feel like the female artists that are killing it, so to speak, are they're high-roading it. Like They're, they're not trying to create a female version of the bro country stuff because right. it's awful and nobody needs to hear more of it. Um, and Maddie and Tay did a good job of, uh, of satirizing that a couple of years ago yeah. with a girl in a country song. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I think the fact that they're high-roading it is, you know, that really lends um, some credence to what you're saying about uh, the future of it. Because when you've got all these genuine artists, sort of, you know, and it's almost again, I, I say it a lot, but it's reactionary to something, and uh, it's it's cool that that type of music is out there.
0: Also, I just want to clarify something. I just thought about what I said, and I I realize I don't want to make it sound. I, I said it might be on the cusp of something big with the future is female. This is not to imply that women will now be important in big in country. Um, they were already. We talked about this. And like, huge. Yeah. Something's happened recently. Maybe it's post-NAPster and like post huge record sales where everything is tighter now and there's less money for females. Things are only where it's super safe and heavily invested in bro country and and shit like that. But like the 80s and 90s were so steeped with amazing female talent, and not just like quality, but quantity. Mm-hmm. There's tons, tons, and it it just it's like the gates seem to close or narrow, or like the percentage of females allowed to be signed to a label or something has changed, and an X percentage of that is just not good. Like I'm sorry, I don't like Kelsey ba- Ballerini at all. Like if she was on the pop charts, like cool, great. But I feel like that's like diluting what's good about country music on the radio.
1: Yeah, and it's it, it's funny you mention her because I, I kind of she got inducted to the or uh, she joined the Opry. Oh boy, yeah, recently uh, Carrie Underwood uh, invited her. So the reason I, I, I say it's funny you mention her is because I was I was as I was breaking this episode down in my head of you know how wh- how we we're going to talk about why we were talking about it. And sort of what my reasoning and my motives behind it were, and it was, you know, I, I love to hear just a general human's perspective on things. Um, what do you mean? I just mean when it's not overshadowed by respective or perceived gender roles. I just love to hear. Um, that's what I love about music is, is hearing, um, you know, how people deal with very various things in their lives, be it relationships sure. or things like that. Um, so, in the same way. You know, I, I don't give a shit about artists that I don't respect. I don't give a shit about what they have to say. So I don't give a shit what Sam Hunt has to say. Same reason I don't give a shit what Kelsey Ballerini has to say. It just it doesn't um, it doesn't resonate with me. So I don't I don't respect that artist. Yeah, but,
0: well, well, that's not fair to say because like you, it may not change your perspective on how you like their music, but because music is music, you're going to like it or not. But maybe it'll give you a window into like their
1: M.O. or what they're doing or why they're doing. But I don't think they even know why they're doing what they're doing aside from just trying to sell records. It's possible. Yeah. But But anyways, I guess the point I'm trying to make is that I love hearing what a real, honest, genuine artist, uh, what their perspective are on things as I hear it through their music. Um, Obviously, I have a male perspective because I'm a man. Um, But I love to hear that the female perspective uh, on the same things. Um, whether it be about you know relationships, drinking, uh, industry struggles, yeah, hear the other side. What's that? Yeah, hear the other side of it yeah. for sure. Um, so, and I, I might and not so be many able decades, to. Decades
0: it was so prevalent.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you're starting to see it again now. Um, and, and although I might not perfectly understand that perspective, I can definitely relate to it. Yeah,
0: because it's not your lived experience,
1: but yeah, you want it to be part of the conversation. You want it to be on the air. And I think, yeah, so that's almost, almost exactly why. It feels weird
0: that it's not.
1: And that's almost exactly why I want to hear it because it's. I don't have, I want to hear that perspective. I want to know what it's like, um, you know, to be a, a female in the country music industry. Um, I, I want to hear about the struggles. I want to know what they go through. And it's it's astounding sometimes some of the stories you you might hear through the songs or just in general and the unique challenges they face and things like that. And I think ultimately that, you know, it ends up um, producing some some pretty quality songwriters and music, songs, whatever. Today, that might
0: be more difficult because I think if you're saying that in the context of today, as opposed to just the con- country music in general, um, there's not a lot of opportunity for that. Because what what I'm hearing from you is the the um, like real country music like heartfelt stories the struggles the the heartbreaks the everything and and hearing it from <clears throat> all perspectives but music isn't really like that anymore on the radio like it's all about I don't know I don't even know what the topics like cute pop bullshit yeah and that, that, that's a bad generalization of like a lot of the bad female pop country which is the same garbage as, like, the bro country of, like, hey, girl, hop in the truck, tailgates back roads, I'm rednecker than you, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's, it's, it's almost back to our last podcast conversation where to, to get these perspectives, you need to go to the underground where it's not based, the music, the MO isn't selling records, entirely it's it's still an artistry a, a nod to the tradition and storytelling and and
1: context i, I think um maybe this is a good segue just into because there's an as we're talking about this it's very much one of the artists that i wanted to talk about um who's uh margo price and the best the best uh, and when you talk about you know lyrical content and things like that where have we a, talked about her yet on this podcast i don't think we have which is a shame but I'm, I'm, about I'm to get embarrassed
0: into it. that we've <laughs> talked about Casey Musgrave so much, who I love, but I feel like I love almost as much, if not the same, or maybe more, Margot Price.
1: Yeah. I mean, How have we not talked about she's her She's phenomenal. I've been listening to her nonstop for the last couple of days just because um, I knew I wanted to talk about her and I wanted to, like, I've always listened to her, but, you know, not as as actively um, Mm -hmm. as I would have been if I was going to start talking about her on a podcast. Yeah. But as we were talking about this whole thing and talking about um, experiences and from a female perspective and all that kind of stuff, um, there's a song off uh, her first album, Midwest farmer's daughter called this town gets around (laughs) love that song and love that record. And it's, it's exactly what I was talking about getting a female perspective on something like, so so this is obviously a song about the music industry. Um, Lyrically, like I'm going to read you a bit of the lyrics. Um, just in my best announcer voice. but uh, as <laughs> Do the, your best, Bill Cody. <laughs> as the saying goes, it's not who you know, but it's who you blow that'll get you in the show. If that's not the case, I hear you pay him, but I don't come easy and I'm flat broke. So I guess it's me who gets the joke. Maybe I'd be smarter if I played dumb. And it's like, it's super ballsy, like the yeah. super ballsy song. I love how raw it is. This is an outlaw country song, 100%. Margot Price is outlaw country. Uh, I would agree, 100%. And then you see... She's like today's Jesse Coulter. Yeah, I agree. Yep. And then you that that first video she released for... Uh, her, I, although
0: everybody compares her to
1: Loretta, which I also agree. Her voice yeah, I is... See that. Yeah, that. Um, but remember that first video she put out that hurting on a bottle? I loved it. And it was so like... You could tell That's they the just... That's the
0: one where they're just raging around town, yeah, right? They're just
1: getting hammered. Yeah. Like just raging yeah. around town. Because
0: there's another one that like starts in their hotel room or something. I don't know... The ba- what was the other one? Uh, Dude, she, she shotguns l- a
1: PBR in this video. <laughs> 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 she had your heart right away. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, sh- 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 you had me at PBR. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, and even though I was an in initial shock and all over the PBR shotgun, I mean, I listened to this song probably ten times in a row. And, and mm-hmm. musically, this song it's so layered. It's so rooted in classic country. Um, it's simple, yet it's it's a complicated country song. Um, I feel like it's it's like a new classic country song. When you listen to it, it has all yeah. the elements of a perfect country song, uh, all the changes, um, the tempo change at the end with the steel guitar just raging away. Um, it's like a Waylon-style kind of tempo change at the end. And uh, the video is just so cool, too, because you can tell they're just having a blast. Like, And I, I love to see that when, when a band is just, you can tell there's good chemistry there, and they're having a lot of fun. and. Uh, since you put me down, that's what, I'm ta- that's what I was talking about. Love that song too. Yeah, she is, uh, she's really cool. Um, that her latest album, All American Made, which I th- mm-hmm. think was 2017, so you gotta think she's due for something See? new soon. Then, uh, well, she just had a baby, oh, okay, or did she just have it? Yes,
0: she must have. I think it was last summer or last fall, she had that, uh, uh really great, I think it was Billboard Rolling Stone, Billboard. One of those two magazine covers uh, doing almost like a Demi Moore kind of okay. pregnancy shoot. Someone else was in it too. Was it like Lindsay L or
1: I don't know. Somebody, somebody was with her in it. Well, if she had the baby, then at least she can go back to um, shotgunning PBRs then. <laughs> <laughs> Get some real content. <laughs> uh, what about you? What's your, uh, what do you got on your list? Well,
0: okay, so we're, we will not talk about Casey Musgraves in this. Well, we have to. Okay, so no, we've said everything we have to say about how great she is. We're not going to spend more time about that on this one. Um, You talked about Margot, um, Miranda Lambert. Yeah. So we've got more underground things to talk about, but in terms of super successful, that's somebody we should have talked about in Bridging the
1: Gap. Well, we never said we had to keep this episode underground. We just said.
0: No, I know not this one, yeah. but I mean like back a couple episodes in bridging the gap. Why oh, didn't yeah. we talk
1: about Miranda? Yeah, that's she's fair. She's fucking a fair killing point. it.
0: She's like the biggest superstar, one of the biggest superstars in country music, and every single record is still so country.
1: Listen, we're gonna miss a few artists here and I know, there, I know. and then talk about luckily everybody. we we will circle back. And yeah,
0: <laughs> and it's so I I've I've always liked her, but. I guess because, so my fiance didn't grow up with country and I don't think really listened to much of it before meeting me and luckily has definitely gotten into it, um, but has also gotten into her own brand of it and things she likes. And something she really likes and plays a lot is Miranda Lambert. So I think I've heard all of her records front to back way more than I ever have before. Or I don't, I'm not sure I listen to all the records front to back.
1: There's something to be said, though, about... Listening to a record front to back.
0: Oh, yeah. I listen to everything I like front to back. Yeah. It gives it, it, it,
1: There's it, context to it, right? Totally.
0: And I, I just think I've never went out of my way to explore Miranda that deeply. And since I've been uh, happily forced to, it's so much more respect. And the respect level was already very high. Uh, so can't say enough about Miranda Lambert. Um. And it's too bad we can't play clips on this <laughs> It <laughs> really is. We can really just talk about what we like and maybe a couple songs, and you've been throwing out some good quotes. I can't think of a quote that I like, but uh, that jumps from me for her. But even some of her more, more middle-of-the-road poppier things, like um, Vice, like not the most country song, but still very much fits in the genre and even when you listen to that record front to back, like the content, sure. Mm. But like musically, not as much, but it still fits very much with the whole record. And the rest of that record, there's so many like really like deeply country songs on it that you can't say she ain't country, <laughs> <laughs> Just country, country, yeah,
1: country, country, <laughs> yeah. Um, what else you got? Um, I wanted to talk about uh, Rachel Brooke who I'm I've probably mentioned her to you before I'm assuming have you listened to any of her stuff yep oh you have okay yep. cool um, I I think she's absolutely amazing I think she's has one of the most beautiful voices I've ever heard and just haunting and like it's it's really something special um, you know for me she hasn't put anything out in a few years but um, but I, I think she's still she's actively touring, so obviously there, there's something there. Um, but I think, I really think she could easily achieve commercial success. It just hasn't come yet. But um, she's more of you know a, a, a hopeful that she's going to start putting out some new material for me. Um, not putting out material for me, but it's a hopeful for me that she will start putting out new material. She needs uh, to shotgun PBRs for it to be for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I saw a funny story about her. I saw her at, uh, again, I reference Muddy Roots a lot, but that's, I've been there a lot and that's where I found a lot of artists that I like. Um, she, someone had graffitied a porta potty to make it look like it was her dressing room. It had like the, <laughs> the star on the door and it had her, <laughs> name, her name on the top. <laughs> it was really, really funny. I think there's a picture floating around of her like standing in front of it.
0: That's great. Yeah, it
1: was good. Um, yeah, she's, uh, she's phenomenal and she melds a lot of different, Uh, styles and it's almost like gothic kind of kind of type country um there's a cool quote uh i I read about her Uh, take everything you think you know about country music and throw it out the window that pop rock y'all call country is nothing compared to what rachel brooke is laying down Uh, she's an old soul in the way hank williams and memphis minnie were culling together both country and country blues into an album that is easily digestible for anyone who gets scared off by uh real country music Etta James once said uh, that blues and country music were kissing cousins. Rachel Brooke is their huh. love child. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good quote, right? Yeah, that is a good quote. But yeah, she's, she's one of those artists. That's up there too. with the hype man quote from uh, last week. <laughs> hype man. Yeah. Still looking for that hype man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Email us at... <laughs> yeah. Sean needs a hype man at gmail.com. <laughs> um, yeah, she, had, uh, she, she grew up... She lives in northern uh, Michigan, I believe, and I think she... Uh, she grew up. Uh, her parents were in a bluegrass band. She was in punk bands growing up. Um, really cool song worth referencing. We'll link it in the uh, in the notes. Uh, a lesser known but very country place, uh, Michigan.
0: No, yeah, Michigan. Yeah, there uh, was like a huge exodus of. Oh, and like there's a lot of country places. We know that, but I, I mean musically, is um, in the 1900s there, after the Great Depression and throughout. The '50s and '60s, as the auto industry was booming, so much of Appalachia—Appalachia, Appalachia, <laughs> what do <did laughs> we decide it was? I don't know. Uh, so, so much of uh, that middle America moved up there for work and brought the music and culture with it. That y- you don't think of Detroit no. or parts of Michigan as very country. You think of it as like Motown, uh, R&B. It's it's actually quite a country place historically
1: so what do we got we got uh whitey morgan right he's from flint
0: oh yeah yeah he's yeah. from flint yeah
1: um, we got rachel brooke we just talked about yep um 357 string band i think we're from michigan no i could be around that one i don't know make sense. string band That's yeah what we're talking about there's some cool stuff coming out of there yeah i don't think they were i think they were from milwaukee maybe anyways it's, it's i digress <laughs> What what I was whether gonna whether say. you
0: move up north for the auto business <laughs> or for the beer business. Yeah, all right, it's one and the same. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, the, the last thing I was going to say about Rachel Brook was check out, um, she has a song called The Barnyard on her her second album. Um, it's I, I lifted this off of, uh, I think, Saving Country Music. Just it, It's a 500-word story song, but it's a murder ballad, um, oh, which is really cool oh. because you don't hear a lot of uh, no, fe- female perspective murder ballads. Yeah, you don't yeah. hear a lot of me- murder ballads, uh, period, but... Man, she goes into some some serious detail on this whole thing, like step by step, like what happened, like the actual murder itself. I haven't heard it,
0: but I've written it down.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it, it's pretty cool. It's a, that's it's what a we're gonna song. listen to after this record. Okay, or, sorry, after this podcast. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, it's a, it's a longer song, but it, uh, y- you listen to it like a story, and there's really no musically like it's just the same chord progression. Yeah, it's like a boy named Sue kind of story song, right. but at a slower pace. Um, it's cool. So yeah, she's, she's put out three albums. She had her self-titled in 2009, 2011 she had Down in the Barnyard, which is the one I was just talking about, and then A Killer's Dream in 2012, which was really cool. Like the lead single was, I don't even know how you'd describe the pace of this song, but I'm pretty sure there was a xylophone in it, and it was like, it was really good. I think it was, uh, I think it was the self-titled track. It was uh, A Killer's Dream. Anyways, another good album. And then I, did, I noticed this today. I hadn't heard of this because she released it under another name called Modern Mal. And uh, the album is called the Misanthrope family album hmm. it's a bit more of like a alternative folk kind of album but you know it's still got her signature voice on it obviously it's just I don't know why she decided to put it on under a different name but uh, another cool album worth checking out and I'm really hoping to see uh, some some new material by Rachel Brooke in the future
0: yeah I'm looking forward to hearing this song too yeah um, somebody else I had on my list that we definitely need to talk about we've mentioned her before but we also saw her recently at the Grand Ole Opry which was super cool to see her there uh Ashley McBride oh yeah that was that was amazing oh her. man yeah I love her I think she like I, did she peak at number two I don't think she she owned that stage at
1: the uh at the Opry when we were oh there. yeah
0: yeah she she killed her performance yeah Um, just thinking with her latest song, she, I don't know if she hit number one with it, but it was sitting heavily at number two for a while. So, uh, great to see her really getting commercial success. And she, uh, apart from playing at the Opry, she's not a member yet, I don't think. Um, she has the other greatest honor of country music, uh, to open for George Strait, which she already <laughs> did uh, once this year. And I think uh, the Straight to Vegas tour, I don't know when it's opening back up. I think it's December, November, something. It's later this year, but she's going to be on that. So that is huge nod of legitimacy from the King himself. Um, so anybody who doesn't know, check her out. All her songs are great, but still, like her first single, uh, uh, Little Dive Barn Dahlonega, oh, man, love that song hauntingly awesome. Um, Speaking of Ashley's, I'm going to jump in and do two in a row uh, just to keep the... You couldn't ask for a better segue. Exactly. I know. (laughs) I was going to be polite and hand it off to you, but I was like, no, I'm running through my (laughs) Ashley list here. Get through (laughs) your Ashleys. (laughs) Uh, Monroe. Oh, yeah. Uh, You familiar with her? Yeah. You listen to a lot of her? Not a ton, but... uh, So her latest album, I like. I don't love. Not because it's any less good. I think vocally, she's probably the best she's ever been. But even like admit I've listened to her on some podcasts or something talking about it she's leaning a little bit more into an Americana feel with it uh which she's killing and it's great uh what is that first song off of there oh man, I can't remember my memory is doing terrible these days it's
1: it's Sunday night that's the problem <laughs> that is the problem we normally record these on a Friday night when we're Bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. Bright, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, tonight I think we're both uh, suffering a few, uh, a few minor injuries from the weekend.
0: Yeah, the was it the sparrow or something like that? Whoa, hold on, I'm just gonna Google this. We can edit this out if we need to. Uh, Ashley Monroe, hands on you, hands on you. Oh, man, that was a killer tune. But what I really loved is her last record, uh, Like a Rose, from, I don't know, 2014 maybe. She, like, I I don't know, one of the most honky-tonk new-age records I've ever heard. Uh, Vince Gill produced it, had all my favorite people, including Paul Franklin on Pedal Steel, through it. It was... um, like bring me um, weed instead of roses, and uh, <laughs> that's good. Two weeks late, like all like front to back, just filled with killer killer tunes. Uh, so she and she's also uh, one third of Pistol Annies with uh, Miranda Lambert. Oh, cool! I didn't realize that. Angeline Presley as well too. Who? How how do you feel about her? Ambivalent. I guess yeah, it'd be, I'd be the same way. Yeah. I don't dislike her mm-hmm. at all, but I is I her own music, I don't know, maybe it's because it's that more kind of Americana, slightly rockabilly-ish that no, I that's don't That's not
1: super my jam either. Me, like, me either. I I get it and I can I can stomach it and listen yeah. to it, but I'm not going to I'm not going to put it on. Same. Like, I like it and respect it and, yeah. like,
0: give full props to it, but it's not something I can talk about because I don't personally really... It's kind of a funny genre, though. I like Americana. Like, it seems like it's a little bastardized. Yeah, I like a lot of things. in You know, I like a lot of things that are in Americana, but to say that I like Americana as a whole, I feel like it's this... It's like the Venn diagram of where, like, country, folk an indie crossover.
1: That's probably the best description I've ever heard of it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Did <laughs> you just come up with that?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <Shout
1: out>. <laughs> <laughs> Write that down.
0: Okay. <laughs> give me a minute.
1: Uh, what did I say? Play that back. Uh, Luckily, we're recording this.
0: Yeah. So I, you know, I a lot of things I, within the Americana genre, I'm, I'm a fan of, but a lot of it is kind of. It's almost like the hipsters that say they like country and what they really mean is Americana, and yeah. it's like because it has a banjo or like some light padding of a steel guitar in the background that like it counts as country for them.
1: Yeah, and the guy's wearing like a, a vest and a dress shirt with those ties around their their arms, yeah, like an old sleeves, barber, yeah. like, and,
0: a, and a flat brim cowboy yeah. hat.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just
0: just enough like country to <laughs> pass the litmus test, but well, he's got a hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh why were we talking about that? Oh yeah, Ashley Monroe. She's great. That is all. <laughs> way to <laughs> wrap it
1: up. Way to wrap up my Ashley section. What, what do you got next? Uh I want to talk about Lindy Ortega. Oh yeah, you love her. I really do. Yeah. And uh you know, thrown some another Canadian. Some, yeah. Uh, this is uh thrown some Canadian content out there. Um I arguably, you know, I'd call her like one of the hardest working uh musicians in the whole Canadian scene. She spent like 10 years before anything really happened. Um, I didn't realize uh, her age. I mean, she's late 30s. Really? Um, yeah, she was in her 30s when that first album came out, the, uh, Little Red Boots, in 2011.
0: What was that song? Was it Tin Star?
1: Tin Star, yeah. I yeah. Don't I'm not sure which, was that, if that was off that album or off of... That's uh, when I first learned about her, when that song came out. But like, you know, 10 years in Toronto just uh, just hammering away. Is she from uh, Toronto? Yeah.
0: Okay, born and raised.
1: Yeah, her parents, she's, uh, her, one of her parents is Mexican, one's Irish. Interesting mix. Huh. Um, hashtag Canada. Yeah, hashtag Canada for <laughs> sure. Um, she yeah, She actually earned a nickname of uh, Indie Lindy for <laughs> how much she just, you know, how much she played during those those first 10 years, I guess. And I was, I, I, I think I referenced this a little bit in the last episode, but just uh, how much I respect when an artist you know, continues to plug away. And when they start achieving, you know, commercial success in like their 30s, like that yeah. means that's a long, like bloody road that you <laughs> you carved out for yourself and yeah. probably spent, you know, a good 10 to 15 years just cutting your teeth. Um, the first time I saw her play was uh, at a blues festival. Uh, I mean, blues festivals are kind of loosely termed that anyways, but um, it was probably five or six years ago. And I didn't know much about her at the time. And uh, when she started playing, it just, it blew me away. Um, she commanded that stage, the entire crowd. Like you could, during the, the fast stuff, you like every single person in there was moving, tapping their foot, jumping around. Slow songs, pin drop, and nice. uh, you know you could just see her. Um, you know the way you know her band reacted to her, the way she was running the show up there. Like it, it was just uh, it was an amazing thing to see. I read a, a quote, or kind of a funny uh, quote for her. Uh, about her, uh, what does it say? She's a mix between Dolly Parton, Johnny Cash, and Emmylou Harris. <laughs> I think mm. it's it's pretty accurate. Yep. Um, but her voice is, it's unique, and I think it's absolutely built for country. Um, I think she's a pretty unique individual, too. You you see her artistic and personal growth. Um, through does those. she
0: always wear a veil? Because I feel like I've seen
1: that look on her a lot. She has that, like, little veil over her eyes. Yeah, she calls it kind of gothic country. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> there was a, a thing that I read, and I didn't know about this, and, uh, you see her a lot with the veil, with big sunglasses, stuff like that. Um, she came out recently. She suffers from body dysmorphia. What does that mean? Uh, since a little... She was a little... It's a legitimate, like... Uh, I don't know if it's a disease or condition, whatever. Where I, you, I've, I've heard You of see it, yourself. Yeah. The way you see yourself is completely not the way you are. So she, uh, from a kid, actually felt like she was deformed. Oh. And And... Uh, So there was, I read a whole article about it and it was a heart wrenching article where she just was talking about like, um, as she came through her career, like she would always wear the big sunglasses and her, her manager started to be like, you need to take those off. And it was horrifying for her. Um, there was like a shoot where she had to show up with no makeup. And again, it was just like anxiety, like losing it because I guess when you suffer from this, it's like you, And she's a good looking girl too. Yeah. She's beautiful. Um, but I guess. With any individual, goes By girl, this. I mean, woman, lady, got it. Yeah, um, I, I think to come out and talk about it was an entire article just about that, and undoubtedly, I'm, I'm sure some people that are fans of hers probably suffer the same thing. Or just come, came across the article reading about someone that's that's out there in the public eye talking about this. She undoubtedly helped some people. It was incredibly brave to go mm-hmm. out there, and especially when you are on a public stage like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if the the veil has anything to do with that, but you would you would think maybe. Um, but it's also a cool, unique shtick. I don't want to call it a shtick, but like, it is that that gothic country thing. Yeah. She's kind of created it, and it's a, it's a really cool uh, cool. I don't know what she's doing. It's like yeah. I said, it's her own thing um i won't ramble on too much longer about her but uh there was another cool um some quotes from her um so why the sad songs i have a penchant for them there's an underlying darkness to me that i fight constantly i've had uh since i was a kid i have to work at being happy um as the introverted uh she was an introverted only child so i think uh you know, she really related to Hank Williams and stuff like that. I believe she covers "I'm So Lonesome I Could Cry," which is pretty cool for a newer artist to be bringing out Hank Williams uh, songs in the middle of their their sets. But I just, I really like the vulnerability about her. Um, another quote I had was just like, "Certain social situations make me feel like a square peg in a round hole." Uh, realizing you can connect other human uh, to the human race through songs make me feel less alien. So I, I think that's an amazing quote. Just how. We, we often talk about how music makes us all feel and, uh, you know, how songs can be healing for the listener and all that kind of stuff. But I think we often forget that um, for the person who wrote that song or the person that's um, performing that song, it's also, you know, it's healing, it's therapy, it's putting it out there. And it's, it's very important that they can put that pen to paper and, and put their struggle out there. So anyways, I think Lindy Ortega is, uh, is really cool. Another thing I found, a quick one, uh, she toured with uh, Social Distortion at some point. And uh, I think this is where she sort of learned how to, how to be such a sort of commanding musician on stage. Uh, she said, like, I couldn't go out there and be meek, so I became this kick-ass thing. After <laughs> that, I thought, I can do anything. Um, people are mistaken if they think I'm fragile. So she's got that sort of dichotomy, yeah. you know, and I think she's a really cool musician. Um, she's pushing four albums, I think. Her last album was a little bit out there, uh, Liberty. Um, I read that you what know. What do you mean by
0: a little bit out there? It's like a I concept
1: uh, concept album. It's kind of like a, like a redheaded stranger type thing, and uh, I think it was like heavily borrowed from like uh, you know Tarantino kind of films stuff oh, like yeah. that. And uh, it's I, I, I'm going to be honest, it's not my favorite album, but it's it's a cool concept. It's worth giving it a listen.
0: Yeah, well, I'm going to uh, pick up on the Canadian aspect and uh, talk about Brie Lawrenson familiar? Yeah. Uh, from outside of Ottawa and I seen her a couple times and, uh, she has quite a set of pipes on her. She can sing really well, but I really also identify with the type of songs she writes. Uh, I love her, um, whiskey focused <laughs> songs. <laughs> There's like one song is with you whiskey. Another one is Lynchburg. Uh, so I, I, I've always l- been a sucker for even some people might consider it like a cheesy country trope to talk about like, uh, alcohol, alcohol production, the towns of which they come from, etc. But uh, somehow when done well, that's always seemed like such a good classic style for me. And for There's nothing
1: wrong with songs about whiskey. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, we could probably do an entire episode, uh, about songs about whiskey. <laughs> write that down.
0: We are going to do that. Okay. All right. Uh, actually I'm writing that down right now so we don't forget. Right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm a b- big fan of hers um, particularly as we were just saying so much of she's on country radio. Mm. Uh, I don't know about in the U S but she's been on the, she must be in the U S she definitely charted in Canada, uh, quite a lot. And when we're talking about the homogenous, like cute bullshit of so much of female country, what do we call that? Cause like, I don't want to keep just throwing dumb adjectives at it but if we if we call bro country the stupid male country of today what what's what's the
1: female equivalent is it is it just pop yeah i guess like, just pop country i mean like you could, I, generally i think i call a lot of it like laundry list country where it's just like they just rhyme off a laundry list of things that are perceivably country but uh, not even that like what, what's like pop like what's kelsey ballerini yeah. Okay. Um, That's not even trying to be country. So if we're moving past, you know, pop country as a... I don't, I don't know what. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll just call it that, like pop country, female pop. Yeah. So the the homo- in a world of cis c-
0: country, c- c- yeah, bro country <laughs> cis country, yeah, bro country, cis country, yeah. So in this world of cis country, uh, it, it's nice when there's people that are charting that sing like this, play like this and the content is is like this. So uh won't won't go on any more about that, but uh uh
1: special little Canadian nod to uh to Miss Bree Lawrence and You're so right on that content side of things though, eh? like what a difference what a difference content makes when it's something that you actually if you're actively listening, you can you know you you feel that there's something there there's something to listen to there's a story there's something that you can relate to and uh but it's not easy like to write music with with content it's not easy to do and i think that's where mm-hmm. you sort of separate um songwriters from i guess performers whatever yeah. um but yeah it's it makes a big difference uh what else keeping i'm going to keep it canadian i think um give us another I've been into uh, Belle Plain recently. Uh, you ever... Uh, no. So uh, she did a song with uh, Coulter Wall on, I think, his... Uh, yeah, it was on his first album, uh, on Imaginary Appalachia. Uh-huh. <laughs> How many times are we going to reference uh, Appalachia? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, she, she did a song with him on there, and, and she just has a beautiful voice. And uh, when I heard that song, I kind of you know, who is this person, kind of looked into it a bit further. And then uh, I actually saw her recently. Um, I went to see Coulterwall Wall in Toronto. I think it was last, I don't know, last year. It wasn't wasn't even a year ago. Uh, so Coulter Wall played, um, Belle Plaine played, and her husband, Blake Berglund, played as well. So it was like a giant Saskatchewan. Uh, reunion because they're all from Saskatchewan. That's what I was referencing in the last episode about what what are they putting in the water out there. <laughs> but um, and then so she just released uh, uh, a new album and she does another uh, duet with Coulter Wall, which you've probably heard because we've covered it. Um, is it cheating? I don't know if you've heard oh, us yeah, do that yeah. song. Yeah, hey, you did at uh, your last show. Yeah. Um, so such a cool song and uh, again it's one of those like kind of flips some gender roles here and there and uh, but she just has a a beautiful beautiful voice and um, I don't know like I I was reading some stuff where everybody seems to just talk about like you can't really categorize her music like it's country but she blends you know a lot of stuff in there um, like classic country styles but um, she was also uh, I believe she's Um, performed with, like, orchestras and and things like that. So she's a pretty well-rounded musician. A lot of different influences, you know, on her sort of bio. It talks about, like, influences from, like, Link Ray, who's, like, a super old rockabilly dude. Uh, Everly Brothers, uh, Cole Porter. Is he considered rockabilly? I think so, no. I I don't know. I'm pretty sure. I wouldn't have thought so, but I could very much be wrong. Rockabilly's not my wheelhouse. Yeah, I could be wrong, too. I don't listen to a lot of Link Ray. I know who he is, but. Um, I just think of that one song from him, that that slow kind of delayed guitar riff. Yeah, I think that's kind of his wheelhouse. Uh, yeah, his signature, I should say. Um, she gets compared to Nico Case, which I see that. I love Nico Case, but I mean, she's a lot more alternative. Uh, Nico Case. Um, yeah, she's like alt country at best. Yeah, I wouldn't even personally. I wouldn't even put her in, in use the country moniker at all. Yeah. But, and I love Nico Case. I just don't think she's country. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a couple of Agreed. songs where. But uh, yeah, so that new album she has is called uh, "Malice, Mercy, Grief, and Wrath." Um, so that's out now. That's uh, that's a really cool album. Uh, I think she's pretty actively touring, um, and like I said, she tours with uh, her husband Blake Berglund, who is a really uh, a really cool artist. Um, both really personable people. When I when I did see them play, I remember I posted a video or something, and like. Uh, Blake like instantly like responded to it I tagged him in it huh. Just saying like Oh thanks for taking this whatever And then uh, I told him it felt like uh, His show felt like Or their show Because he was performing with his wife Was very uh, like Willie and the family kind of feeling huh. And I, you know that's a pretty big compliment And uh, But such just a nice guy And uh, she's uh, very nice too So it's cool you know When artists are accessible like that mm-hmm. and, uh, and everything So yeah check out that, that new album she has out there
0: Yeah I will Um, should we keep it Canadian for one more? Yeah, if we keep rolling with with the Canadians, let's do it. (laughs) Uh, well, we talked about her a little bit in the last episode of Underground Country, but Whitney Rose. Uh, Ah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we are both fans. Um, Sean knows her personally. I don't, but I am a big fan of her music and I almost... She was on tour when I was in Austin last year. And when I walked into the Continental Club, it was still, what day was it? I remember if it was Sunday or Monday I went in. And it was Dale Watson was on the board. I think No, it wasn't her. She was going to be the next day or the day before. And I was like, oh my god, (laughs) is Dale Watson playing tonight? Did we just happen in on this night? uh and then uh she's like i think so it's like it's his usual night uh and then she goes and asks the manager's like oh no 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 that's last week's board sorry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need to update it and wipes it all off but uh yeah w- what a spot to have like the two in-house like residencies to be Dale Watson and Whitney Rose it speaks
1: to that uh to the music scene there
0: oh man yeah it's nashville and austin are easily the two coolest places i've ever been musically yeah yeah, I got to get to Austin for sure. We'll have to do, we'll do a, it together. Yeah, we'll do a trip. Not at South by Southwest, though. No.
1: On, on a regular re- regular schedule. Yeah. We should tie it into... I think we talked about this. I feel like we had this exact conversation. We should tie it into Willie's uh, 4th of July picnic. Right. Yes. Yeah. We'll I don't do know. that, and then we'll pop down to, yep. to Austin. Good idea. All right. Trips in the making. Um.
0: So somebody we haven't talked about at all. Uh, well, we mentioned Tommy Ash and Nikki Lane in the last episode of Underground Country, but Jamie Wyatt. Not familiar. No, no, dude, you will like.
1: Okay, I'm putting yeah. it
0: in the. It's going in the list. Yep. Um, uh, California lady woman. Yeah. Uh, she had. <laughs> I, what was she in jail for? I guess it was. I think it was drugs. Drugs related maybe possession and so she wasn't in for a very long time but uh is definitely running with a merle like story of like hard time uh (laughs) like post jail and really seems like a very cool chick at least from uh her socials and really great record as well too um what is i'm doing terribly remembering song titles now Wioska, what It's it's the name of a town. What's her song called?
1: Again, folks, it is Sunday evening at the country country music headquarters. Whyosco? <laughs> what am I talking about? I don't I don't know the name of California small towns. This is the last Lasco. time we record on a Sunday. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're, yeah. Great tune. She she she's great. Uh, we talked about Kelsey Walden last time. Yeah, a lot of these um, artists. I guess if we don't have full time today for it just circle back to the last episode where we were talking about underground country. I guess that kind of pushed into today's topic of female country because we were just ranting about amazing females last time and moved into a broader conversation. Uh, you know who I like quite a bit that is quite mainstream and doing well and like maybe someone wouldn't give them a second look from like a real country perspective. Ray Lynn. Okay. Do you know? Not really, no. Uh, check it out. Yeah. Um, what, Love Triangle, her first uh, single, was really good. It was all over the radio, like, very mainstream in that sense. But, like, what you were talking about, like, real songwriting mm-hmm. and, like, real feel, and, like, that that song is all the feels. And another knot of legitimacy, also open for George Strait. Um, wow. Yeah, that, to, to me that that's one of the main litmus tests. Uh, I've noticed. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but she she keeps putting out good music, and she seems like someone that is, is 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 the real deal. I'm I'm really excited to see more of what she's gonna do. Somebody that I'm that's kind of disappeared. That I'm wondering what has happened to, and if anybody listening knows, uh, Zoe Muth. You familiar with her? No, I'm also not familiar with her. I think she's from Seattle, somewhere hmm. in Washington. And you don't see a lot of
1: country coming out of that city. Uh, not anymore. City.
0: You, you used to way back in the day, like in Loretta Linde, she lived there. Uh, that's where she started uh, her her music career and, and moved back in, into Nashville. So it has had quite a strong country history, similar to what we were talking about with uh, Michigan, like unexpected, not your classic places
1: but uh it's cool to see those those non-classic places it's worth exploring a little bit further almost like yeah yeah what is the washington country music scene yeah yeah Yeah. i'm out there in uh, august so i'll do some exploring yeah yeah cool actually we talked about them earlier not that it fits in with this episode but uh, lost dog street band is playing there when i'm there oh no way yeah so i'm pretty jazzed up about that yeah you're big fans of them yeah uh
0: what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, Zoe Muth. Um, what was that record called? And actually, any of her records. Were, I think she only has three, and they're all awesome. You, you would really like them. They're, they're definitely up your alley as well. We, we would cross over liking that very much. Actually, I have one of the records over there. We could listen to that after as well, too. All right. Uh, who else do I got on here? We mentioned Summer Dean and Brie Bagwell last time. Uh, oh, Brennan Lee uh, from another Texas gal. Uh, great stuff there as well as Bonnie Montgomery. Uh, I think she did quite well at the Ameripolitan awards this year, or at least was nominated. we for go to one. those awards too. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of travel. That would be like. a fun party. Yeah. Maybe that's when we go to Austin. Yeah. Cause I feel like they're
1: in Austin. If not, they're somewhere down there. Yeah. That, w- that would be real fun. That'd be a fun trip. We'll talk to Mr. Watson and, uh, you know, get some press passes
0: yeah <laughs> hold on i've got a t-shirt for you <laughs> be right back <laughs> uh anyways uh I, and also sunny sweeney uh someone else who i i can't believe has not made it like commercially big
1: there's a, there's a, you know and that uh sort of you know it sticks and sticks in my craw you know when you see some of those artists where it's like you're like, damn it! They should be commercially successful, seriously. And there's a lot out there that, and it's frustrating. Like it's it's frustrating as a, a fan. You see it like, you're like, all the pieces are there. Just like you're, and this is literally all the pieces are there. Like even from, and
0: I don't know when her first records were. They were in the 2000s. Um, and I'm I'm thinking about like her songs like "Next Big Nothing" and "Heartbreakers Hall of Fame" and things like that. That. It should have, it should have been huge. Like she's a very good looking girl and for the aesthetic part of the thing that is like it or not a big part of the business, the the sound is there. I don't think
1: we need to go down that road too far, but it's admittedly, it's a huge part of of the industry, Yeah, like on both sides, but I would think definitely on both sides, you know.
0: For sure, on both sides. Probably, unfortunately, because of the patriarchy, more on the female side. Yeah, hundred percent. But uh, but like it, it's it's not often you see too many unattractive singers on the on the stage, either male or female. But uh, yeah, she she had the full package. Has the full package. She's still like that last record. Was it last episode we were talking about that with bottle by my bed? Man, that's a song. Yeah, I think so. That's a song. Um. So yeah, I I just, I never got why she's not like a a top, like why she's not Casey Musgraves or something along those lines. Anyways, uh, end my rant on that. Um, Oh, you got anything else? All right. There's one more person we need to talk about and I don't know how we haven't done this yet. Um, I should have mentioned it. For sure, near off the top, if not even in the... No, she's not underground, so we didn't need to talk about it last time. Leanne Womack. Ah. Leanne Womack. Another oversight on our part. Like we said, we Major oversight. Okay, so (laughs) we should have talked about this earlier, but a major oversight on our part. Leanne Womack, arguably the queen of country music. People call her the queen of country music today. We should have... It should have come into my mind when we were talking about Miranda Lambert earlier and how did we not talk about Miranda in the past. Um, I'm not sure how we've forgotten. Leanne Womack, been to her shows, love her music. I think it's some of the best country music to come out of the late 90s and through
1: 2000s. Like 20 years and two husbands ago? Oh, my God. I, so- I think we were... I mean in our defense i think we, oh, a lot of the artists we were pulling out were sort of like 2000 and forward kind of thing for a lot of their the material so that that might be a big part of why we
0: yeah she's 2000 and forward
1: yeah I feel,
0: I feel like the majority of her hits were then what was um think of a reason later that was her huge i think that was her main huge hit or at least the one i love the most that was definitely from the 90s that one was earlier on but uh I may hate myself in the morning, but I'm going to love you tonight. <laughs> and That's 20 cool. years and two husbands. Ago. You know what? Oh, I, I love that every time I talk about, uh, talk about Leanne Womack and start rhyming out the songs, the thing that it reminds me of is Lurleen Lumpkin <laughs> from The Simpsons. <laughs> the, the way. Uh, Whoa, is that two Simpsons uh, references in one episode? <laughs> uh, what,
1: what was the songs of hers? Hold on. We got to get these. We are definitely not Googling Simpsons references right now. (laughs) I haven't watched that episode in a very long time. I might watch that when I go home tonight.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) So every time I'm rhyming off the Leanne Womack songs, which you have like, I'll think of a reason later. Um, I may hate myself in the morning, but I'm going to love you tonight. 20 years and two husbands ago, it makes me feel like it's rhyming off Lurleen Lumpkin songs from The <laughs> Simpsons, where it's, uh, your wife don't understand you, but I do. Uh, I bag me a homer, bunk <laughs> with me tonight. <laughs> Stand by your manager. Yeah, they're very similar. Oh, and then she mentioned some other ones that she doesn't actually sing in it, like, uh, don't look up my dress unless you mean it. <laughs> 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 so good. Uh. Anyways, uh, she... In terms of modern country, and again, I'm embarrassed to say, like, we, we talk about Casey Musgrave so much disproportionately, um, but I would say that Leanne Womack is probably my favorite modern female country artist. And they, they call her the queen, um, which I think is hard to say. I guess maybe we're almost getting into the topic of, like, our first... Conversation, our debate of George Strait versus George Jones of oh, who's the greatest ever.
1: I think I feel like I, but, I'm picking up what you're laying down here. I'm not laying anything down. I'm just,
0: I'm, but, I'm I mean, we touched I, on no, I can't, I, I, what I'm saying is that I, I, I feel like I can't say, I, I can't fully agree with everybody saying Leanne Womack is uh, the full out queen of country music right now. I think she probably needs some more records to really fully. Take that title, and not that she doesn't deserve it in her style and the the depth of what she's already done. But like to me, someone like Loretta Lynn is probably the greatest ever. Whereas to me today, Ler, uh, Leanne Womack. You almost say
1: Lurleen Lumpkin. I almost
0: did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's those bangers. Like, don't look up my dress unless you mean it. <laughs> they stick with
1: you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I mean, we didn't uh, we didn't really touch on. Do you a lot disagree? Of- with your pick, yeah, like if well, not, not so a y- pick. you're throwing it down. You're saying Loretta Lynn, greatest of all time. Well, if I, I guess if you're asking me, then yes, huh? I don't know who else would be. Somebody <sighs> might. I, I mean, as you said, like it boiled. Like I, the blood boiled a little bit when you said it. I mean, I <laughs> I, lo- I love her, but I mean, for me, it's it's Kitty Wells, 100. percent I could even argue that. <laughs> hold on what's the time running on our track here
0: okay I mean, we don't we don't, don't we don't think, have
1: time for this this time yeah we definitely don't have time for this <laughs> cuz it's gonna it's gonna go long-winded as we do all um, right so we're doing another one uh, greatest of all time okay and we i, I feel like yeah i am into that but we also i think we need to touch on some which will inherently happen i would guess when we talked about that the same way it it happened in uh, the George versus George's talk about some other classic uh female uh, country singers musicians as well um but yeah man i'm i'm backing Kitty wells here so you better do your research pal <laughs> the gauntlet's <laughs> been thrown down <laughs> all right well it's sunday night we are uh, winding down here at the country country music headquarters i got merle to springer up my feet as usual we're our executive uh, producer our executive producer we're uh drinking some beers um I wouldn't mind uh, maybe listening to a few tunes, having a couple more. And uh, what did we say? We're going to uh, put on uh, some Rachel Brooke? We did say that. Listen not some yeah, old-fashioned murder ballads? That. Yeah, the barnyard. <laughs> Let's <laughs> do right. it. Let's do it. That was a loud beer opener.
0: Country, country music.